Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to the Career Catharsis Podcast. I'm your host, Neha Koram. Today, I will be chatting with Dr. Nicole Shershk, who is an amazing positive psychology coach that helps women, particularly in the STEM field, become influential so they can confidently unlock new opportunities for themselves, getting their employers to say, we need you on this job, really teaching women to make a bigger impact and believing that the STEM field needs them. As a scientist and positive psychology coach, Nicole helps her clients strategically turn their career frustrations into a renewed love for their work. Thank you so much for joining me on the Career Catharsis Show, Nicole. I'm so excited to be talking a little bit about your journey, especially with impacting women in the STEM field and empowering them to go after their dreams. So if you could share a little bit about your background with the audience today so they know more about your beginnings and and what you're up to nowadays. Yeah. Hi, Neha. It's really good to be here. And I love talking about this topic, so I'm glad I can share it with your audience. So I'm a scientist myself. I studied food chemistry and I have a PhD in chemistry. And then the first years of my career in the industry, I worked in consumer goods innovation. So developing new consumer goods to be sold to people. And then I made a switch from, yeah, from science into my newfound, but still uh, it was always there in my, in my life. When I look back, um, my, my newfound, maybe even ultimate passion, which is working with people, so this is change management, this is coaching, and you know, especially, especially the coaching where I focus on women who have the same background as I. Love it. So I love that you mentioned how coaching has really been a part of your journey early on. So maybe looking back, what are some early signs that you knew that you wanted to move in this direction? Yeah, so I... Obviously, as a child, I didn't know what coaching was. Yes, <laughs> it's very clear. Um, but what is clear when I look back on my life is that there were always always these touch points where I sought opportunities to, I don't know, help people learn and grow. And it started when I was very little, where I was, you know, teaching science classes to my imaginary school class so <laughs> yeah um i guess as a child it's adorable if, a, if an adult would do that we'd all be concerned i would <laughs> yeah the invisible classroom <laughs> yeah um and then i was tutoring other pupils when i was in school when i was at uni i was giving chemistry seminars for engineers so it, it was always there in, in some way and mm. when i when I learned about coaching and that came through me needing the help from a coach and seeing how, how profound the effect can be of someone just listening and asking some really good questions as opposed to, you know, a teacher who 
speaks at you for hours and you may not have you know half the insights from that and so through that experience i was so amazed i was like oh, i want to be able to do that for people and that's when i started my coaching training and now i really just love working with individuals and teams love that i really like that distinction between i guess more so lecturing versus listening and asking the right questions because ultimately coaching is leading the coachee to their own own solutions um, but really being that sounding board and guiding them through that journey so what is what is maybe a roadblock that you've seen a lot of women in stem face and what is your advice to them to kind of navigate through that Hmm. I mean, obviously, there are tons of roadblocks that are coming from the external, you know, where they are or they feel systematically discouraged to pursue science any further. They feel like there are no role models. They feel there's an exclusionary culture, all these kind of things. But even even in environments, you know, sometimes you have teams where this just isn't the case. You know, the teams are very inclusive. The leader is very supportive. Everything is there. Then one of the biggest roadblocks is internally, you know, so mm -hmm. getting over that hump and starting to believing in ourselves and well, or even just believing ourselves, you know, it's like uh, having um yeah having that that um that belief or that confidence and so that we can speak with credibility and yeah we just we, we just really know who we are mm -hmm. what we can do what we're capable of what we want to do what we really like doing all these kind of things mm -hmm. and you know there are those into i mean you're a coach too so you know <laughs> you know what that sounds yeah. like you know, for your clients all of this negative chatter inside mm -hmm. our own heads and that is you know even even if the playing field was leveled uh on the outside oftentimes we would still hold ourselves back and so it's not either or obviously companies need to do their part in order to build inclusive cultures and to really help women and mm -hmm. other marginalized groups to to have a fair chance at everything but at the same time we also have to help our clients and these people mm -hmm. to you know not not stay stuck in this helplessness mm -hmm. yeah i think that's a really important distinction where you know we are hearing a lot about systemic change and gender bias and while of course that exists and there's a lot that companies can do to manage that um, you know early on in the recruiting process as well as during the employee experience piece I, I love what you said about you know empowering others and helping them manage their inner critic or that inner dialogue and really not diving into a place of learned helplessness, which is also something that I think um, maybe isn't talked about enough. Um, mm -hmm. So I really see that there is sort of sharing, you know, responsibility on both ends. And um, I think it's so important for coaches such as yourself and, and, you know, some of the work that I do too, to 
activate, activate that in the people that we work with, the clients that we work with to help them see themselves as their best selves and tap into their inner strength and their potential and start advocating for themselves. Um, so do you have any advice or any tips on how women in particular can tap into their inner strengths and what they can do to reframe that inner dialogue that might be holding them back in going after the opportunities that they're excited about? Mm. Um, I mean, we could just stop listening. <laughs> it, sounds, <laughs> yeah. it sounds so simple, but sometimes, um, I mean, it, it, it might sometimes take years um, to, to start reframe that and to replace that negative chatter with positive chatter mm -hmm. that we actually believe. Yeah. So, and we can tell ourselves pretty thoughts all day long, but if, mm -hmm. if we don't believe them and if they don't feel true to us, then it's really hollow and it won't have the effect that we're hoping it will have. And so sometimes I say to myself, okay, I'm just going to like, let's just park this, you know, mm -hmm. next to us, that negative voice, whatever it is. It's like, let's, let's just let it be there. You know, yeah. I mean, it's there. It's uh, probably has the best intentions. Who mm -hmm. knows? But if we start, obsessing about it then this is all we can focus on you know so it's like don't think don't think of a pink elephant what do you right. think you know <laughs> so instead yeah. i really rather like us to redirect the focus to like you said our strengths discovering those and our strengths are what we're good at and enjoy doing so really we can start finding those opportunities or those things in our life where we are really passionate about mm. and can be in our private lives or at work. It doesn't have to be like huge successes or anything, but it's just anything that lights us up and just see what makes it so enjoyable. What might, what strengths might be at play here. And then the second bit is also to embrace our quirks. So mm. instead of having a laundry list of all of the things that are wrong with us and wanting to become the polar opposite of that which would just rob us of our energy because it's not who we are instead of learning that learning to see those things in a new light you know to see okay maybe these are the things that make me very unique that make me bring something to the table that nobody else has and to starting to embrace that and you know not wanting to be perfect anymore mm. and then the third bit uh to round it off is I guess really shifting the focus from ourselves to others. So how can I help others? How can I be of service? How can I do a great job? As long as we are thinking about, okay, how can I be great? I mean, how much pressure is that? But yeah. how can I do great things for others? It gives a whole different sense of meaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think those were some really excellent insights. And on the flip side, going back to, you know, companies and the system or the environment around us, what are some tips that you have for companies or organizations that might be looking at some policy development, maybe looking to be more inclusive or nurturing of different identities and, you know, particularly for women, how can they succeed in bringing out the potential of their female employees? So I'm really not an expert on, you know, this whole organizational level policy change. There are other people and companies that are well more versed at it, but 
two principles definitely come to mind. The first one is measure it. Mm -hmm. um, so find a way of making those things visible. And I just had another point, which I now forgot, but starting with measuring <laughs> it is definitely yeah. a good thing, you know, because we can't, we, yeah, because we can't, we can't address what we can't see, you know, it makes it much more tangible. And I just remember now the second one, which is bring an outside help to help you reflect because you can't read the label when you're the genie in the bottle. And so having that, um, that sparing partner, someone who knows what good looks like to help you have those tough conversations and a really honest look in the mirror and just see, okay, you know, where are we falling short of, mm. um, you know, our intentions. Love that. Measure it and bring in outside help to help you kind of read that label and I guess do a gut check, right? Yeah. So since you're in the space, since you're in the STEM space and you're working with clients, I'm really curious to hear about any wins or successes that you've recently had or any sort of inspirational stories that you might have to share about your clients succeeding and how they were able to do that. Mm. You know, this is an interesting one because um, many a times it looks like it's only a win mm -hmm. when we have a 30% pay rise or when we have, uh, you know, when we jump two levels in our career or things like that. So at least I see a lot of, uh, and I mean, those are great wins. Awesome. And if you land in a job that you really like, even better, you know, so uh, hats off to any coach who um, helps their clients achieve that. But this is not my goal for my clients. So we start, we look at the things differently. And that is specifically because when I speak to them and we shut off the outside noise and really just listen to them, what is important to them, it comes back to, I just want to be recognized. I just want to make sure that my ideas are heard and that I dare to share them. And, you know, it's those small things. And um, so... One, one client who recently graduated, she, she left with quote unquote nothing, but really knowing herself, you know, mm -hmm. with that conviction and with that, uh, with, with the deep knowing of what she brings, what she has to offer and how to advocate for herself and how to share that. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge win for her. And she said, it's so liberating to now know how I react in certain situations and what way of working and connecting with others feels aligned for me and what not, which direction I actually want to go and how to even tell my employer what my career aspirations are. So that was a win for her. And another client, she really wanted to position herself as an authority, as an expert. So the next time there's a new project coming up or there's a, uh, a promotion to be had that she is top of mind but it was not like okay within the next two months I need to have that next uh, double paying job kind of thing but it was really just uh, seeing and noticing the shift of where from from you know one day she feels completely disengaged at work and and completely undervalued to four months later where she receives feedback unsolicited feedback might i add from three different senior managers about how much she has stepped up and is showing up and then she's really an expert and the go-to person in her field 
other people are seeking out her mentoring, all of the good stuff. And she enjoys work again. I mean, those are incredible wins. And those are, I would say, the foundation because those strategies that you learn, whatever comes after that, you can re-employ them and re-employ them. Love that. Yeah, I do think shifting perspective in terms of success, not always being tied to money or something tangible, but this renewed sense of self. And through that journey of self-awareness, I think being able to articulate that more clearly and to be able to advocate for yourself, as you mentioned, and navigate the work environment with more confidence and to start enjoying work again, I think that's really priceless. So, you know, a lot of those strategies that you mentioned are things that people can then learn to employ in different situations as well. And if they encounter something different or in their, if they're in a new phase of their life, maybe they return to coaching and they're able to go through that similar journey with a, you know, a different sort of context and be able to create that next phase for themselves. So I love those insights. Thank you. Uh, yeah. My next question would be about your personal career. So if you have a highlight to share, looking back, is there a moment in time that you can share with us that really stands out in your career? I mean, it would be easy to, to go to the, to the big ones, you know, it's like when I got my PhD or when I launched my first product and those were those definitely highlights in my career. But you know, the ones that give me still to this day, I guess the greatest satisfaction is every time somebody asks me to be on their team or to be on their project, because that is, you know, and even if it's like, no, I don't have any capacity or things like that. So it still shows me that people feel the connection to me. They, they, they trust me. They know they can rely on me and they value the work that I do. And so those are like those little yeah, those little highlights that are sprinkled throughout um, throughout the career. And yeah, like I said, so for me personally, it's not just this, the, the big jumps that you might want to make, uh, but actually is doing something that I love doing with people that I really like working with and um, seeing that they, yeah, they perceive it as something valuable and enjoyable for them as well. So this is really... This is really what, what lights me up. Yeah, it sounds like you're a connector, which I think is a really great way to influence others and create impact. What would you say motivates you? Um, what motivates me? So doing, doing things that are fun for me. So I'm really, I'm really not a fan of giving the advice like, yes, so if one day you want to have that type of job and that type of career, then maybe today or for the next three years, you'll have to do something that you're not that happy about. Mm. I said, no, I might drop that tomorrow. I will not spend my whole week doing something that I don't enjoy. Nice. So that is why I spent the last years to really continuously making decisions to make do less and less of the things that I don't want to have in my life and do more and more of the things that I really do want to have in my life. And so that's why at the moment, I mean, it's not rainbows and daisies every day. Don't get me wrong. Yes, but <laughs> still, I'm, I'm very happy and very content with where I am. And still there's growth possible. And there's an, another thing that is um, really motivating for me is when I make that growth and that progress visible for myself 
So even if we're just comparing ourselves from myself today to myself six months ago, ago or a year ago, and just seeing how far I have come, again, not so much always with external results, but just in terms of the growth and the experience that I have gained and how much more um, you know, confidently and sometimes even nonchalant, I handle issues that would have freaked me out a year ago. So yeah. that is it's just really great to see. Absolutely. Just seeing who you are today versus last year and seeing the growth, I think, is, is a really motivating factor for, for many people. So for anyone that is maybe new to growth mindset and new to challenging themselves to do more and is hoping to kind of set some goals for themselves in their career, what is your advice for them to get started there? get a coach. (laughs) (laughs) They often can help you very specifically, but um, so a great place to start is understanding really what a growth mindset is versus what a fixed mindset is. And I mean, obviously here we can recommend the talks and the book of Carol Dweck, which has tons of stories to highlight how a growth mindset shows up. And then it's really for, you know, being in, being aware and being intentional about it to always so it's not either or yeah Mm -hmm. and but it's like you can see it like a sliding scale and you want to see how you can always like in any situation that you face always move a tiny bit more towards the growth mindset Mm -hmm. so instead of feeling upset about making a mistake maybe starting to celebrate making a mistake and seeing how what you can learn from that um, always striving to get better and better rather than looking to be perfect towards others and seeking feedback regularly. So those are those small tweaks. And if we make them a habit and see and really experience also how these things help us to progress, um, I guess that's a good place to start. I don't know. What, what would you do? Yeah, I really like that. I think something that you mentioned around, you know, I think maybe expanding on what you were saying earlier around growth mindset, maybe being applicable in some areas of somebody's life and maybe it's not as present in some other areas. So if I were to look at myself, I think with my career, I absolutely, you know, I, I have that growth mindset. I'm always learning and excited by, you know, any mistakes I make being able to look back and pivoting. But then when it comes to maybe the gym, you know, um, that's where maybe I need a trainer and I need maybe, you know, that accountability partner to help me stay on track and mm. to maybe expand my knowledge there and um, to kind of motivate me when, when maybe I don't have as much motivation in that realm. But I know that that's an area where maybe, you know, trying to adapt some of those growth mindset tactics that I have in my career might work there. So I think what you were trying to say really is that maybe some people that feel like they're stuck or that they have a fixed mindset, maybe they just need to kind of look at some areas of their life where they are excelling. Um, and maybe mm-hmm. those are some of the areas that we don't typically ascribe success to in society. And, and maybe that might be one area to start and think about, well, what is it that I'm doing currently that I really enjoy or that my friends or family or peers celebrate about me and how can I adapt what I do there to some other parts where maybe I'm struggling. Yeah, that's great advice too. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So any general thoughts or, you know, last words for listeners that might be looking to make a change in their career? Well, since um, the people that I'm dealing with are with a, from a scientific technical background, I always say treat it as an experiment, you know, instead of looking at things saying, okay, now, now I have this plan and this goal and it either works out or I'm a failure, rather treating these things as a hypothesis, you know, okay, mm-hmm. if I do this, then probably that will happen. Let's find out you know, yeah. and do, bo- do that both with what you want to achieve and what you are afraid of. So not only testing the hypothesis of, okay, will it work if I do that? Or you, but also test the hypothesis of, will it be really that bad if I do this thing? Mm-hmm. So, you know, for example, when it comes to uh, sharing a half-baked idea in a meeting, then instead of being so um, obsessed about or thinking it is the truth that if you share that idea everybody f- will think you're stupid <laughs> then yeah. just, again take that assumption and treat it as a hypothesis and you say okay hmm, I wonder what might happen if right. I share this perfect idea now and so really experimenting our way forward mm-hmm. is I guess another way how growth mindset can show up but this is definitely uh, something that should feel close to home to everyone with a science background because that is how we're raised to uh, explore new things and um, create new lo- new knowledge. For sure, I think a lot of people hesitate to take risks, but when you frame it as experimenting, I think you know adding that scientific lens to it might be a good way for people to start taking a few risks and failing forward, as you would say, right? Mm-hmm. It's been such a pleasure chatting so far. I really appreciate all your insights and the work that you do and looking forward to chatting again. Yeah, thank you, Nea. Thank you for listening to the Career Catharsis podcast. Feel free to share this episode with anyone you know that might benefit from a little pep talk and encouragement on how to make an impact in their career, particularly women in the STEM field. Please review the show notes for any information on how to get in touch with Dr. Nicole Shirk. She has added her masterclass, website, and LinkedIn information, as well as my own details, host Neha Khoram. Thanks again and see you next time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Career Catharsis podcast. It would mean the world to me if you shared this episode with somebody that you know to inspire someone to take the next step in their career. Send me your feedback at coach.neha.coram at gmail.com. Connect with me on Instagram at coach.neha or find me on LinkedIn. Simply type my name, Neha Coram, and you'll find me. Looking forward to connecting and see you next time.